This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, an unofficial podcast for Leader Games Root. Episode 134, Root, Learn to Learn. Featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Music by Brian Capillis. That intro song, so so yesterday I added that intro song to the to the root OBS mm. scene collection, right. which I'm excited for people to actually see. Like it, it is better now yeah, instead yeah. of it just being like every time I would stream root, it would seem like I didn't have anything you prepared, and that's because I didn't have anything prepared. <laughs> yeah, um, which is lame. But now there's something actually prepared, and it has the root song built into it. And I turned the monitor on so I could hear what it sounded like to find a good level for it. And then I just left it just on. Just sat and listened and I to just it. Kept, I know. I've done that I, like six times. Like, I'm going to, um, maybe I'm going to mess with the edit of this. And then I just end up listening to the song the whole way through instead of working on it. I really yeah. love it. And I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're in this uh, this new world, this fantastical woodland where we've crash landed on this planet. Uh, we were in Twilight Imperium outer space mm-hmm. in our spaceship, but we've now. Spaceman biffed it onto uh, this here planet with these adorable anthropomorphic woodland creatures, and we are now yeah. so we're we're out of the space cat into the the house cat. Is <laughs> kind of th- that's that's like kind of the subtitle of yeah, this yeah. arc of the show. Out of the space cat into the port into the in, house cat into the house cat. So um, um, can we? Okay, I think we should start this all off by recognizing that we probably have a lot of new listeners to this episode today. Oh, that would be great this if is, we did. Hi, <laughs> uh, my name is Matt Martins. This is the sound of my voice. My name is Hunter Donaldson. This is the sound of my voice. So, if you get us confused, I don't care. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> and we talk a lot about Twilight Imperium, but we're doing we've we've also talked about Dune in the past. And now this is our this is our third endeavor into into board games. Uh, this is the third game we've ever played. <laughs> we've, we're rude. taking it really slow. Um, we've both we're both we've either turned thirty or no, we both turned thirty, yeah. and we thought you know third. We've gotten through three decades. Yep. What about a third what game? About a third game. It's time for yep. a third game. So here mm-hmm. we are playing our third board game ever, and uh, we. This is a thing that we do on our show that is maybe different than what you are used to, because Hunter and I are not rules scholars, uh, and we are not the type of person who could give you a great learn to play video yeah. or podcast or whatever. We don't really do that. We like to talk about strategy, and we like to talk about theme, and we like to talk about the game kind of at large, which is what this guide, if you want to call it that, is for. Is If you have an interest in Root, uh, this is maybe a good starting block before you even watch or listen to that first learn to play. And I know for a lot of people that feels like, why would I listen to like probably what is going to end up being like an hour-long podcast episode to then watch <laughs> a learn to play to then play a game? But we know that many of you 
exist out there that are like this because you listen to our Twilight Imperium show for two years, two full years of nonstop Twilight Imperium episodes. So non-stop. maybe there are people out there that really like to invest an inordinate amount of time into the board games that they play. I like to think of this, you know that um, it's like a pretty popular app now. It's called Calm. Yes. Where you just, somebody just like kind of talks you into like a trance. Mm -hmm. I like to think of our learn to learn uh, episodes as sort of like that, but for the board game. Right. You just kind of listen to us, get you in the zone of learning to play a specific game. Why don't you vibe out with us and understand what kind of thing Root is, right? Yeah. Um, also, so, I think this is just the closest you can get audio-wise. I feel like trying to teach someone to play oh, yeah. a board game via podcast episode. Impossible. That I mean, it's. I think it's, it's certainly possible, but not. It's possible, ideal. but not with people like us. Yeah. We're not. We're we're not right for that. We're um, not efficient enough in our language. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, I think. Do we have things to recommend actually for uh, learn to play people? If if yeah, you, those people that may have clicked on this, I I know Lord of the Board. Uh, has a uh, is a YouTube channel yep. and he breaks down um, root like kind of component by component. He'll talk about factions. He talks about uh, the different decks of cards. Yeah, and those videos are really short and really yeah. He does really short kind of kind of starter strategy guides that that I even myself found incredibly useful uh, when yeah. I was first starting at root. Just just to get yourself into the language of root, it was it was really nice. Um, I also recommend RTFM. Uh, they are famous for having a really good Twilight Imperium. Uh, learn to play in like 32 minutes 31 minutes which is like for ti it's crazy um and they have a root one and you know they're just they're very efficient with how they convey rules um so big fan of both of them there um i would also like to say just in case you need this um if if you don't have a copy of root in mm -hmm. your hands a good rule book yeah and yes. pretty easy to read yeah. honestly definitely easy to reference I'll i i actually went back and before this episode i wanted to just give myself another refresher on the rules and i read the whole rule book and it only took like 20 i took no time it takes like 20 minutes 30 minutes to get through the entire thing mm-hmm. and like that's me reading pretty slowly and like making sure i'm right. kind of grokking everything right so so yeah Ooh. definitely a really well organized uh, rule book. This is us coming off the back of Dune, where we did not feel the same way about the right. rules, and so uh, consider that a glowing golden star from us. Of boy, howdy, do we love the root rule book and the root learn to play, which we will talk a little bit more uh, later. But there is a booklet in the learn to play that is mwah, chef's kiss. Very good. Ooh, chef's kiss. <laughs> he um, gives it five chef's kiss. So I don't want to sit on this point for especially long because I really want to mm-hmm. get into the stuff where we actually talk about what it is like to learn to uh-huh. learn root. Uh-huh. Um, but what is root? Hunter, can you give me kind of the breakdown of if so, if someone doesn't even know what we're talking about, they've, they've listened to our TI podcast for a while, but they, uh, they yeah. have no idea why they should pick up this root game that we're talking about. What is root? So it's an asymmetrical strategy game. It takes this kind of uh, big, I would say, very fun, popular genre of strategy board game, which I think the shorthand for is like variable race powers, yeah. I think is how they say it, or variable faction powers variable is probably the powers, nicer way to yeah. say it. Variable player powers, sure, um, which is a great podcast. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh that does talk about root a lot, so you can reference that as well. That could be part of your new podcast <laughs> diet. This is something you're... Anyways, um, sorry, I'm getting lost. Um, so uh, the idea of a variable player power type uh, strategy game is that each seat, each player, 
um, kind of approaches the game in a slightly different way. Um, and you, you've probably played games like Cosmic Encounter, Twilight Imperium is like this, mm-hmm. and the kind of flavor of that is, you know, they have all these like kind of common mechanics between all of them, but then it's like, well, so-and-so faction is better at this or like worse at this sure. or has access to this one superpower subset of a mechanic that they all play in. Root takes that idea and I think goes a whole step further yep. in that now each faction has kind of its own set of board game rules yeah. in that each time it's their turn, they're going through a completely different list of um, not only actions, but like economies right. unto themselves. Right. Uh, uh, there, Not to say that there's no commonality between them. Uh, there are uh, people, meeples on a board and they move around and sure. do things. Sure. Um, however, the way in which they do those things and even how they do even the common things of just like yeah. moving a meeple from one place to another is governed by a completely different like economy yeah. of actions. Basically. Yeah. The, the, the other way too to express that is you're all trying to win the game by getting 30 points. But mm-hmm. the goals that earn you points are completely different between the factions. So you yes. are not trying to accomplish the exact same things. For some factions, just building a building gets you a point. For some factions, maintaining a set number of buildings is what gets you your points. For some right. factions, you don't have buildings and you get points <laughs> through other means. So, so it's a whole ecosystem of, yeah, we're all on this map and treating cards similarly, but what I am actually trying to accomplish as an individual player completely is different than my neighbor. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would say uh, this is your kind of game if you are into the 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 brainy uh, late game interactions of Twilight Imperium. Uh, like t- think round five and round six of Twilight Imperium when it's all about oh so and so is about to get into a lead we have to stop them we, you know put all the put all the early game freewheeling and dealing aside and turn it just into the like if we allow so and so to do even this one little thing that's going to lead to the win that's root for the entire time that you play it and you're also not playing I mean obviously we can go without saying that it's not an eight hour game. Generally, right. generally speaking, depends on I guess who you're playing with, but sure, but yeah, Root, it could be an eight hour. It game, could be, but, but it, it's it's more like a two hour game, two to three hours sure. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is all of that late game pressure the whole time, nonstop. It's the tension. Yeah. It's like the the if you like when it when you're playing a strat. Let's make it even bit really basic. Um, like it, like let's say you play Risk, uh, and you don't really care about the part at the beginning in risk where everyone's just like in different parts of the world. And they're just like taking, filling out their whatever continent it is that they've, that if you're just like, let's move along and then risk can go really long. So let's say like if root to risk is, uh, you just go straight to the end. (laughs) Basically (laughs) that's how root is. Root is like, let's just get straight to the the point, the goods. Um, and, and also I think it's fair to say that if for you, that tension of the the goods of that those final rounds of these like really kind of bigger strategy games if that isn't your flavor i think uh root like that is the intention of root but that is not necessarily how root plays from the onset yeah definitely. so if if you're hearing us say this and thinking like oh that sounds like i don't know if i want to play a game that's like super tense yeah 
you kind of go, you kind of, Root kind of brings you into yeah. that. Yeah. There's also, and we'll get into it, but there's also a completely different way to play Root that is none of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's if you also want to, too. and that's also a really great board game. Uh, so there's yeah. like an entirely separate game within it that you can just completely invest all of your time into that and have uh, just as much fun. Um, the, the last thing about just kind of like what is Root is thematically, Root is, and I think this is a big reason as to why Root caught a lot of steam. Obviously, Cole Worley is a great designer, and and people uh, learned to love this game from a design standpoint. But what catches your eye in this game is Kyle Farron's artwork yeah. put up against the subject matter and braininess of the game itself. Uh, Kyle Farron is basically a, a cartoonist, an illustrator that uh, did all this adorable... I mean, he, he works pretty much exclusively with leader games. He is a part of the leader games payroll and does all the art for the games. But Root specifically hits this note of, oh my gosh, look at all these completely adorable little woodland creatures. I love every single one of them and I want them all to be plushies on my mantelpiece, <laughs> except they also are all in a desperate warlike struggle with each other that has yeah. like all of the story beats of like an incredibly genuine political struggle <laughs> and 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 like it is such an interesting dynamic between those two things that dichotomy like does something to you as a player that completely hooks you from the from just the absolute get-go yeah i mean i would say there is no there's no strategy game that you can buy that has the flavor of Root's gameplay mixed with this type of art yeah. and almost kind of attitude of the components. Right. Uh, I can't I can't think of a single one that kind of matches those it's, two together. It's almost like, I, I mean, I would say it's almost deception. Yeah, is it like is. What... <laughs> it lures you in with this adorable art style and then becomes this game that you beat your head against for days and days and weeks and months and like you, 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 can't get it out of your head and years and, and years tens of and years decades and hundreds of and years centuries <laughs> that se yeah thousands you, of you just get eons. lost in uh the possibility of this game yeah. and what i could have done differently and yada 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 um so let's kind of transition into like what is what what is actually learning this game like and i want to i'm i've been nervous about this episode hunter because Why? i really want to nail it here because i think people don't talk enough about root in this manner of like accepting the parts that are really difficult about root i think what's funny about this is we've we've talked to cole worley a few times we've interviewed him on the show before and i think he's the first to admit this but i think other people like don't take cole maybe seriously enough when he talks about like how root can be such a mean game and can be such a um difficult thing to learn but um, how could it be a mean game it's so cute it's looking. so cute exactly <laughs> uh and and so i've been i've been make, wanting to make sure that we convey the right sense of the early days of root and learning root is such a different thing than the late days of root once your whole group has like mastered root the game you play then is incredibly different than the game you play in the first, I don't even know how, 10 sessions maybe? There's like a dis an era of discovery yeah. with Root that then once you ha once you pass some threshold, I don't even know if I've passed it personally, right. if I'm being honest. Right. Um, 
you it becomes something different. And and I would recommend if if you are curious as to what Root looks like, um, check out the Leader Games Twitch. Yeah, uh, they've been playing a lot of Root on it lately. Um, I I had the the pleasure of playing Root uh, uh, on the Leader <laughs> Can Games we Twitch. Call it playing? I was, <laughs> come on. Uh, and I was just like, wow, it, this you really can just get like thumped in this game yeah. if other people just just really understand right. how to play. So it, it has it definitely has that level of depth to it. Yeah. I was playing uh, the moles, and I, it was maybe the second time I'd ever played them. But um, yeah, I guess my point to all of this is to say, I, I just think that there that root does a lot of different things to your brain, and. Mm-hmm. I, I get sad when I hear that one of the things that Root did to someone's brain convinced them to not play Root again. And and in my head, I'm just going, oh, but you missed that other thing that it like you, you missed out on that other thing that it does to your brain. And I wish you could have experienced mm-hmm. that other thing. Um, yeah. So a funny way to put it. Almost sounds like you're talking about drugs. Right now, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't disagree. It uh, does these things to your brain. <laughs> It has, it gets. Um, so, so for me personally, Root was, um, at first we were like, ooh, I think we're very interested in this Root game and wanting to check it out. Let's learn it. Mm-hmm. And Hunter and I last year at Gen Con grabbed Root and we read the rule book and we were like, okay, I think I understand this. And then we went and played it and we, we were like half taught, half learning ourselves. And we were just learning the base game. And the base game is this very tight structure. There's four factions. Right. You're usually going to play with four people. And the relationships the relationships between those factions are going to be pretty similar every game. Um, you know, they're with all the variations that come with any board game. But those, those four factions are just like, yep, this is a system. This is a little ecosystem that works really well. But it's so tight and so rigid that it feels like a puzzle that has a solution. And someday I'm going to find that solution. And then I might not want to play Root anymore. I don't know. That was like the question I had going into it. Is, is, is If I get into this game, am I going to solve it someday? I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm going to play it optimally. And then I can just walk off into the sunset. Right. <laughs> um, and, as we, and that's what initially made me kind of bounce off of it. Because then every single time I didn't find the solution, every time I played a game and just failed... It just felt like I wasn't there. And then I was like, so what is the freaking solution to this game? When am I ever going to find it? And for the first number of playthroughs, I bounced off a route and didn't really love it. Um, and then we started playing with one of the expansions. And I started with a completely all new group where no one else had played. And I'd only played my like one or two, maybe three games at that point, but not very many mm-hmm. and not good games, like games where we just got completely destroyed so it just never felt like i understood what was going on so i basically started fresh with this completely new group and we all just looked at the game and went let's discover this let's just completely be open to everything and let's learn it together as a group and that changed everything (laughs) with how i feel about this game just making it a little group project that we all worked on and changing the context from like i have to beat each of you each time versus becoming a thing of like let's learn these factions and when someone wins let's all explore why that faction won yeah so why the did next that time happen? we can change our order and then the next God, time someone so else true. will run away with it and we can re-explore that 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 game became one of my favorite games i was playing last right. year right <laughs> right so yeah I, I i really like what you're saying matt about being open 
to discovery. I think there. I think you really have to um, enjoy the process of learning root mm-hmm. instead of being in a hurry yes. to just start. You know, beating Knowing up it. your friend. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah, not yeah. like yeah. I think that's why this episode is so important to me because I do think more than any game we've played before learning to learn root is actually part of the process of enjoying it whereas Mm -hmm. twilight imperium and dune are the most fun when you know how to play and everyone knows how to play and you're doing it but for some reason i think root is actually the most fun as you discover elements of it there's also a really fun game at the end when everyone knows it and you're still kind of running discoveries but for me the best part was uncovering all of the things that happen well also let's let's be real we are more familiar at this stage and i mean someday you know fast forward if you're listening to this in the future you know now that we are root pros masters and we are literal i mean we we don't even we live in the woods now we don't even live in houses because why would we i need to be closer to the woodland creatures Mm -hmm. that i now understand so well um, because Root has allowed me to understand them. Because Root is saying something about animals, I think. Definitely not people. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, that was a dumb tangent. Uh, but when w- we are much more connected to the idea of learning how to play Root yeah. than we are at that late game right. mastery. Right. So, And I say this more uh, for our current audience who I don't necessarily want to expect us to instantly be Uh, root masters just because we're talking about it now now we've been playing root for a little while now yeah um like we said we've been playing it since last gen con right but but the mastery of it is very much a different thing and especially i mean new content has been coming out you know a new expansion basically two new expansions came out within this last year uh and so there's there is a lot more stuff you know that that has been coming out but right for me a big part of the game was accepting that I won't know everything yeah. and, and that that's fun that there's a part of that that is fun so when you sit down and you pick one faction and you're like okay I'm gonna actually I'm gonna probably play this faction like five times before I move on to another faction yeah. I think that's an important first decision in route because there's a lot to grasp just in that one again like we said each faction is almost its own board game so you can't have played one game as the Marquise de Cat and then immediately move on to the Eerie because like you only just started to understand the Marquise de Cat board game at the end of that first session. So right. for me, it's play play multiple sessions and learning my faction while also then hearing you all learn about your factions together is the most helpful and engaging part is like, okay, well, I know what I'm doing, but then you're doing this completely different thing over there with, with your, you know, your rebel alliance and i need to figure out what that even means for me but also i need to figure out what that means between you and the eerie and and you're just learning about all these relationships not mastering them yet you just have to even understand what their common language is well let's start let's get concrete yeah let's start let's get away from the abstract right kind of you know philosophical way of talking about it and let's just start recommending people like what do you do well let's say we've got four people yep they have, what do they even have in front of them? What are we recommending that they learn root on? Should yeah. they spend all of the money they pot, like they spend, they leverage all of their assets in order to buy every root <laughs> piece of thing that they could get? Yeah. Um, I, I think that's like an interesting question to, to 
posit right now because the obvious answer would just be yeah you have the root base you have the root base game and that is enough and that is good um but i think we're going to get to a point where we, we recommend you have that plus one other thing and i think we'll get to that argument but let's assume you're a logical consumer and you bought just the base game before you went crazy and started buying a bunch of expansions to this game you don't not know to say not that you if love. you are stoked about root and you want yeah. to buy more stuff that you are illogical <laughs> right. because i think if you know anything about us yeah and maybe you're just found out about us and you can kind of scroll through <laughs> the podcast episodes and you can see the titles and stuff i think you probably should know that we are illogical people <laughs> So you probably just have the root base game in front of you with with three friends of yours. The four of you are about to embark on this journey. Um, I think the best thing you can have is that all four of you don't know anything about it. Don't know how to play. Uh, I think the worst thing you can do to your experience with root is to play it with one person who's been playing it for a year. And then the rest of you are all learning it. There is there is no better way to not learn how to play root than to play with one person who rules at it. (laughs) Mm hmm. Um, so instead a whole group that, that doesn't know how to play. And just like we kind of got into earlier, let yourselves all discover it together. And in part of that functionally, what I think you should be doing is again, play to win, but no secrets don't. And I, and I mean that on every level, don't tell everyone what you're thinking and why, and how you think it's going to lead to you winning the game of root. Our group did this for the first, like, many we still kind of do this even though like now we're playing much more competitively we still have this tendency to like talk through our actions not just in what we're doing but why i'm doing this it gets me a victory point i'm hoping that this builds my engine to score a bunch of victory points in a couple rounds yada 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 you you spell out everything you're understanding about your faction as it comes to you because everybody else is so sucked up into their world that they're probably only half listening to what you're saying anyways, but at least that information is is coming across them. Um, but like by revealing your strategy, you're still not even revealing that much to your to, to your other completely new players because they're so wrapped up in uncovering their own strategies. But you need to have those relationships come up or else everyone can get so in the weeds of just their own faction that they'll literally end the game and it'll be like, oh, Woodland Alliance won. And you'll you'll look at the game going, wait, I didn't even know what Woodland Alliance were or what they were doing or why they existed. Like, right. I don't have any concept of why I lost that game because suddenly the Woodland Alliance just popped up, exploded, and scored 15 points twice. <laughs> like, I think the best example of this is uh, the Vagabond. And yes. if you're unfamiliar, the Vagabond is a player who plays as one meeple who is sort of like a hero type character. Yeah. That's how I would describe him. And they're almost playing pseudo RPG mechanics. Right. right. <laughs> uh, they have inventory and inventory management. They, they took management. the asymmetric part of this game and like jumped out the window and literally ran into the woods with it. <laughs> right. So so when when I first started playing um, in, my, in my group that I'd put together, um, to play with that actually featured uh, my friend Stephen Wilbur, who you can hear in the one live episode that we've done of Space mm-hmm. Gets Peace Turtles. Uh, it's a comedy episode. It's really fun. Um, Stephen played as the Vagabond. Stephen doesn't play board games right. at all. Right. That's how interesting Root is. Yeah. Is that and he loves a, it. He loved playing he loves as the Vagabond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily want to play as the other, as the other factions. Yeah. He just wants to play Vagabond. But he likes uh, tabletop role-playing games. So this was a way for us to kind of cross over 
and hang out together. Yeah. I will say this about Steven. Steven did not, he did ne- he never explained <laughs> what he was doing yeah. or talked about it really at all. That's just not his, he's not, he doesn't play, he's not part of this world anyway. So yeah. like, whatever, I'm not holding it against him. Right. But what I mean is that I played Root maybe seven games deep and still didn't even understand the, the basics of the Vagabond. <laughs> so uh, what I should say is that last point Matt made, let, let's shoot for that. Yeah. Let's shoot for, because you need, you need to learn your faction, but you also need to be picking up the little tidbits yep. about the other factions right. as you go. Right. Um, the, the other thing I would say is, this is a very, very beginner thing, but definitely use that learn to play booklet in the base game or i think there's good. even i think there, i don't remember if there's an updated one later or not but there is a learn to play booklet you definitely will have it somewhere in your copy and it walks you through the first two turns this is probably a thing that happens in plenty of other board games but i really love it in the root one especially because everybody's learning their own separate game but this is a thing that it tells you what to say it tells you what to do everyone walks through their turn i mean honestly this learn to play booklet is what taught us to play this way because it's Mm -hmm. just this open information like you're doing this and this and this and we were just like well we did that for two rounds let's just keep doing that let's just walk through the rest of our game with that exact same mentality even though now we're making our own choices yeah yeah it's it is a good i mean we we've already talked about how much we like the rule book um the learn to play booklet is uh great and i think it's funny that you've you're like i've made it 30 minutes into this podcast now and they just told me that the way to learn it is to read the the thing that says learn to play on it but that is not a given in board games yeah. i think yeah, i think we can not. we can say that with some level of confidence that the book doesn't always teach you well how to what's so play funny about it is that people always look for like you see it all the time of like on our Discord, someone will say, like, hey, I'm looking to get into Root. What what Learn to Play video is the best one to watch? And it's like, well, yeah, there's a lot of great ones. We suggested them earlier. But, like, please don't forget that there's a book that literally teaches you how to play the game. And that that was worked on by the people who made the game. So it probably... And that it is actually good at doing. Yeah. That. Like, that, 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 that <laughs> That's is... That's a gift. <laughs> we're, 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 you know, we're kind of making it a bit a little bit. But also, it is good at that. Yeah. Like, actually worth uh, doing that. I mean, I have games that I love to play, that I even love the rule books for, that I can't really stand working through the learn to play yeah. because it's not action oriented enough. Yeah. And the learn to play with Root is good because it is it is, it is is really letting you see the game instead of trying to actually teach you everything about it as you go through the learn to play. Right. So we said learn with a completely new group, but let's just let's let's make the second assumption. Let's say that's not possible. Let's say you are a person who already loves root and you are looking to get your group into root. Uh, what's the learn to teach of root? Right. Where, where, where does that need to make us end up? So let's first identify what is wrong with the teacher in root and what happens um, the best right. example I have is literally what happened in my first game of Root. This is anecdotal, and I'm going to throw our dear beloved friend Robofish under the bus, and I do love Robofish. Our original friend. Our original friend. Well, I want I want to <laughs> say he has the title of the first person to ever respond to our Probably podcast. Probably the first person on- to ever listen to this show. So let's just say that. Yeah, let's say that's, the, that's his that new title. First person to ever listen to this show. The story is we put it that we put the first episode out on the internet. And Robofish immediately yeah. swarmed. Got it. Yeah. Uh, I do think that's actually true. He Because we have a response from him that is within like two hours of the release of the first episode. Anyways, this is a different point. Robofish was teaching us Root. 
And Robofish played as uh, the Marquise de Cat, and I played as the Eerie, and another one of our friends and frequent contributor on the show, Root, played, which is funny. His, his name is <laughs> his Root. His name is Root. It came, this the whole thing. He does the joke every single time. Uh, but Root was playing as the Woodland Alliance, and we were doing a three-player game. And the entire session, Robofish kept telling us about how the Woodland Alliance, if you let them catch steam, they snowball very quickly. And so he spent the whole game crushing Root under his thumb, the player Root under his thumb. Oh boy, this is going to get Alec. He, he spent the whole game crushing Alec under yeah, his, his thumb. Yeah, his actual name is Alec. Let's uh, do that. And uh, Alec walked away from that game going, I didn't learn anything about this board game. I don't understand how you could ever possibly win when you can't even get off the ground to score basically any points ever. And uh, it left a really bad taste in his mouth for the game Root. Just because mm-hmm. he, the if you're employing, it's so much more extreme than other games. In Twilight Imperium, if a new player is at the table and the experienced players are playing at the top of the line, yeah, they're probably going to beat the new player. But like that is not a given. And they're also having to play against the meta that the new player brings to the table. In Root, the experienced player and the new player are playing two different games. We've kind of already started to tease this, but the learning game is a different experience altogether than the experienced game. Uh, So playing with skill is a different beast entirely, and you don't get to play those two games at the same time. It's also, it's not a, this is such a good anecdote because, because Alec didn't understand um, that with the Woodland Alliance, he could snowball or what that would look mm-hmm. like or how close he was to snowballing or how close he was to even making a meaningful decision. Right. To him, it felt like he was just shut out of the game. Right. And I think our intention uh, with this section is to establish uh, not, do, please don't do that. Yeah. Like, let if somebody is playing a faction that can do really well under certain circumstances, I think if you know that, I think you have to let them discover that. Yes. Because what's going to happen is the rest of the table is going to see that, and then they are going to learn, like, oh, Woodland, Woodland Alliance uh, goes crazy, and right. we all need to kind of start adjusting to that. And that's how you start making that transition right. into the second game that Root becomes. Right. But if they don't see it, they're not actually going to learn that, and they're not going to learn... like So what the way that Robofish did it, a couple things you miss out on is the magnitudes, Right. To what extent does Woodland Alliance snowball, mm-hmm. basically? And wh- at what point, because um, you need to learn the lesson of, okay, so when do I need to be worried? Right. And and you don't learn that if a more experienced player is kind of just cutting somebody off. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, the idea that you as an, as an experienced player can't employ good strategies is is pretty is a pretty big deal because it is kind of just like a thing in teaching in general right which is to say like i can just tell you the information but the Mm -hmm. only way you're going to process the information is if you experience i can tell you how to drive a car but none of that will matter until you've gotten behind the wheel and pumped the brakes a few times and felt how this specific car drives, right? And that car might be different than a big scary truck or whatever. Like you have right. to get you you have to experience it on your own before you can have that familiarity with it. And so 
for you as an experienced player teaching the, uh, these other ones to just say, well, you have to worry about the Vagabond and the Woodland Alliance. And then the Eerie, if you guys just pay attention to their decree, uh, and if you get in the way of that, it, you're, you're going to be fine. The other players don't even know what the decree is yet. They don't know what that means to get in the way of it. They don't. None of those interactions make sense yet because they're not playing against each other yet. Right. The, they're just trying to play their faction, yes. learn it, and play it as, as good as they right. can. So the early game of Root is let everyone just play their faction and see if everyone's just playing their own faction, who wins? And there's a couple factions that will pretty much always win in that situation, and you're going to see it numerous times. But that's what they'll start to discover. They'll be like, why is Vagabond winning every single time? And yeah. as they decide to try to solve that, they'll start punching the Vagabond. And they'll go, ooh, punching the Vagabond is a really great strategy to employ. But now the Woodland Alliance wins all of the time. Okay, well, let's start also punching the Woodland Alliance. So, Eerie, you handle the Woodland Alliance, and I, as the cats, will handle the Vagabond. And now you're starting to crack open the code of Root, of everybody punch each other pretty much constantly. Now you are Neo, and you can see the Matrix. <laughs> So now that we have unlocked the matrix, let's now that we can see it. Now that we you can don't see, unlock the matrix, well, okay. You can now, now that you see, see the, code. the matrix, you see yeah. the number, the green Whoa. numbers. Now that root is only green and now black. Now that you know kung fu, <laughs> what is what does that mean? So I, I hope by this point we have expressed to the correct extent how much there is one game that is learning root, and now we are in the new territory. Now we are. Uh, now we're Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolution, whatever. The no, I don't accept that. I, now we are How the second half this? of Matrix, the okay. original, and then and there's no sequels in this fictional universe. <laughs> Sorry, that's my personal bias. Okay. Okay. Didn't like those sequels. Well, so now we're talking about playing Root versus learning Root. Which is kind mm -hmm. of how I want to define the two phases. Learning right. root, you are you are you are quote unquote playing it, but you the the learning root is a different board game, and now we're playing root. So what does that mean? And I guess this is sort of the like appeal to if you don't like that process we just described of like ooh just en embrace the discovery, dude. It's super rad to just like be there with your friends. If if you are an, a hyper analytical person and you want to get to the um, puzzle solving portion of the game. Uh, this is like what you have to look forward to, which is to say root is that brutal cage match of a game. It is. Everybody has to every single turn hit each other. You go into it with an assumption that everybody knows the efficient way to play their faction. I will say there's not like a ton of, let me employ this new wild strategy with my faction, right? That, mm -hmm. that isn't a thing that exists as much in Root. Whereas in like Twilight Imperium, you have people that are like, well, let's talk about this awkward. Our whole last week's episode was about getting experimental with your factions in Twilight Imperium. And in Root... Right you don't necessarily get crazy experimental with your own faction and the strategies you're doing. Instead, you get experimental with the table and how you snuff out the advantages your other players are gaining. Right. So, it is so it's like every, every action, or every time it's your turn, uh, what you're going to end up doing is at the beginning, you're going to be just kind of budgeting for how do I play? How do I do my things the best way I can do them? Because I'm trying to understand my game. And then eventually it evolves to how can I, in a kind of scrappy way, 
uh, do as much as possible for myself while also hurting X player, mm-hmm. basically. And then that, and then it's going to keep kind of going around like that. Yeah, yeah um, I, I think each the, player stopping each other right. in little ways. Yeah, the, the second phase of Root is how do I make sure I stop the Vagabond or the Woodland Alliance? The third yeah. phase of Root is how do we all collectively stop all the things that need to be stopped at all waking How moments? do we make sure nobody wins right. this game? That's the neg- <laughs> right. How do we all how are we all trapped in this board game forever? Um yes. but that is what the negotiation of Root becomes. So negotiation in Root is not trading like it is in Twilight Imperium and other games. There's nothing that you can just give to other players save for the vagabond and some items um but everybody else what you are trading is i'll deal with so and so so that you can deal with so and so y player y i'm i'm dealing with player x you deal with player y with as long as we all handle that you know it's basically like a a rock paper scissors where everybody is hitting the next person they can best deal with and the 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 winner (laughs) of that game is the person who was either able to remain undetected the longest or the person who budgeted for getting punched the correct amount, right? They, they just built it into their plan of like, I know that not every plan I put forward is going to fall through. I, I need to plan for things failing. And my strategy is so rock solid that I still score points despite having many of my other strategies fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to plan. You got to plan for some failure in route. And I think that is... That is a, a harshness that does that I think does throw some people off when they play yeah. root. Um, we actually have a friend just the other day that was talking about this aspect of it. That for him, he he likes that phase, the beginning of a strategy game, where you're kind of just like, I'm getting my things, you know, I'm yeah. putting my stuff together, and then eventually we will fight. And like, it, it's different than so like the way Twilight Imperium handles this type of stuff is that Twilight Imperium has objectives that will just come out yeah. that just say like uh-oh looks like you're gonna have to fight your right. neighbor if you want to <laughs> score this point like that's how they do yeah. it they force yeah, yeah. you to eventually fight right and uh by just saying that well you all there's not enough ways to get victory points to go around so at some point you guys are gonna have to come into conflict right. uh root is more like um you have to just constantly be looking at each other because <laughs> right. the game itself isn't forcing you into that conflict it's just saying like Here's how it works. Right. And if you don't do anything about each other, so-and-so is probably just going to win. Right. And it's not going to feel really that they earned it because the game kind of just requires you to learn the balance. Right. You know what I mean? The game doesn't really give you a lot of guidance mm-hmm. as far as like you learn best, I think, through experience when it comes to... that. That's why, that's why we're saying there are two types of games, yeah. the learning game right. and the later game. Yeah. So what makes those two so why are they so different like why why does this situation exist in root and how do we maybe either slow it down or cultivate it to doing what we want it to do because that's the final result in like actually enjoying root you either love the learning portion Mm -hmm. or you love that tight cage match maybe you love both and you want to kind of continue to experience both i think there's a few different ways to accomplish all of these things basically um the base game like we said earlier the base game is by and large the most cage matchy part so if you are just interested in that if you want to get to that as fast as possible get the root base game play it with a group of three friends and the four of you will relatively quickly get to that point of like, all right, now we're to the punching. I love it. Um, but if you are interested in that discovery, th- 
leader games has started to do this super interesting thing with root which is like the game has is consistently unlocking in com- in very very new ways and this is the mm-hmm. other part that i find the most engaging because i continue to like learning root more than i like playing that late game strategy i do like the late game strategy and i like seeing better players do it i'm very interested in getting into like commentating better players than us that was kind of the big part of our twilight imperium show is when hunter and i stopped only playing with our own group and got to start seeing how other people played uh that opened my eyes to a lot and i'm i super look forward to seeing that in root as well yes but for me as a player i like that discovery aspect i very much enjoy learning the game and adding the expansions does that to to like to an obvious degree right oh yeah the expansion it gives you more content but by uh like it's an exponential growth thing because with every single new faction you introduce, you've just unlocked that many more new relationships. Cole has talked about this in designing route with each new faction you design, you are by orders of magnitude, increasing your workflow where he said, you know, after maybe like something like 12 factions that it would cost so much development time just to develop one single root faction that it is untenable. It doesn't make any sense anymore. Right. Um, learning all of the relationships within that number of factions would be essentially the same situation. So if you add an expansion and you gain two new factions, you not only have you gained 50% <laughs> from your four factions up to six, but you have multiplied, you, you've, you've added... <laughs> So many new interactions to the game right, that you get right. to then uncover. And now you get into the, the the decisions of which factions do we want to play this game? What what relationships yep. do we want to possibly learn about today? What ecosystem yes. are we going to cultivate today with this faction plus this faction plus this faction? Mm-hmm. And then the second expansion unlocks two new maps. And they've uh, they've done a new card deck. They, they are reiterating on this concept of let's completely open up the amount of things there are to learn so now it's okay let's talk about what the lizards and the corvids and the cats and the eerie play like on the lake map and that is probably a very different experience from those same four factions on the autumn map and you do that now your group that you're playing root with all the time every time you play you're playing with a completely new experience where the all the factions bump up against each other in new ways and you're continuing that realm of discovery you're learning root for a long time so for me i don't know that i'll ever stop learning root i think i'm stuck in the learning phase and i want to be stuck there i want to just do that forever and ever and ever um but if you ever wanted to lock it off and get to the just playing root like that is still an option and you could get way more solid with like which factions you allow. There's there's even resources in in all the newer rule books where they've kind of said, hey, here's the most optimal factions to play as. Right. This or the, this. This is a thing that works this way. And you can even read the little descriptions of like, OK, if I do cats, lizards, eerie, it plays like this. And I, that's the mm-hmm. kind of game I want to experience. So I'm going to do that. And, and you go into it with all the assumptions of how they're going to beat up against each other. But the alternative is to just get kind of crazy and random with it and see where the factions take you. Yeah, um, I think that we have talked for quite a while without mentioning a very specific yep. option within the root <laughs> universe that we are, I mean, I'm going to be honest. When I first heard that they had a way to play this game cooperatively, um, I I felt like uh, it's probably it, it could be a, a lack lackluster yeah. part of right. it, right? It, it, that would have been fine too. Yeah. I, I, 
you can't expect everything in a box to just be at the exact same level of polish. And then we started playing the cooperative mode. Uh, the cooperative <laughs> mode, just so you know, uh, comes with the Riverfolk expansion, yep. but also there is a, a expansion you can pre-order right now that is completely based around the cooperative right. Uh, type of game it's quadrupled which I guess it's all- the amount of or even more than that probably it's a huge multiplication of how much cooperative stuff you can do river folk lets you play against a mechanical marquise an ai that faction. plays the cats the clockwork expansion lets you do it with any of the base factions they're all mechanical now and you yes. can pick any of them all four of them whatever you want to do there's like a billion different ways to do it now but you could do it all cooperatively and yeah we we discovered that we really, really, really love <laughs> cooperative play. It's so fun. It has this like, it has this kind of special, um, it, it's like a completely different tone for yeah. Root. Uh, Root is a really mean game. And then when you play cooperative, it's still mean, but now it's the it's like video game mean. Yeah. It's like playing a mean video game where it's like, oh man, the computer cheats. Uh, it's that type <laughs> yeah, of yeah. meanness. Yeah, now. and you all have to be just as mean back. Now it's about yep. unlocking weird combos of like, okay, well if this faction and this faction are in play, they can do this weird screwed up thing and completely shut the robot out. And you have to right. come up with that stuff. And and the clockwork expansion even adds like difficulties to that and extra special powers you can give to like you can keep amplifying how difficult that ai is to play against and Mm -hmm. that is incredibly engaging to me and it especially reinforces that learning process which is to say you as a group before you were learning the game together but you were playing against each other but now there's this way to play where like no let's actually just learn how to play our factions as optimally as possible you could start off learning root by only playing the co-op mode and i think that is a very valid way to to learn uh to play root if anything with without having to suggest you buy the clockwork expansion from the get-go like i wish i had learned root exclusively in the co-op mode i think it would have helped reinforce a lot and and i think hunter and i both learned a lot more about the game and got better at it when we started playing co-op for like basically around last holiday we had all of our friends in town and we just kept playing co-op mode like over and over and over again many times and and it, it helped us learn so much more about the game than when we were always trying to play that punching mean game with right. other people it's worth noting too that it yeah it skates around the problem we talked about earlier which is that let's say you have a group where one person is really experienced at root and the rest of them don't know. Well, now if you play cooperatively, uh, it's great. And if you have the clockwork expansion, you can even be like modal about that challenge. Uh, If it's not enough, uh, oh, okay, well, the the experienced person we have is too experienced and we're like steamrolling the mechanical marquee every time. Well, let's just turn the difficulty up and add a bunch of other clockwork um, factions as well. Right. Yeah, so so I think what you then get into is um, there kind of are now even more than just two flavors of how to play Root. And, and I think we, we want to talk here for a second about what would be the best order. Like, let's say you're not the person who's like, bought Root, loved it, buying everything there is, which is kind of what Hunter and I did. <laughs> we just like... <laughs> We're at Gen Con, we bought Root plus the Riverfolk expansion, and then as soon as we fell in love with that, we were like, cool, let's buy every single thing else that there is. Let's get all of it. Um, But if you're not ready to jump on that shark, (laughs) jump the shark, jump on the shark, I don't know. Hi, I want you to maybe (laughs) choose 
based on the expansion, the kind of experience you intend to foster with right. Root, right? We've defined all of these different ways to play Root now, and based on what kind of player you are, you may want to chase a certain itch uh, of this drug that is Root. So the first one is the one we've just kind of been defining. That is actually co-op mode and just learning with my friends is the great way to play this game. I love just the communal aspect of it. And you should get the Clockwork expansion as your first expansion, like right away. Get it as soon as possible. Um, but your second option is between the River Folk or the Underworld uh, expansion. And I think a lot of people are going to start asking, like, should I buy them in order or what should I do? And I, th I think it's really two ways to break it down, which is... River Folk is a lot of stuff uh, in there. There's there's four player boards. One of them is a mechanical marquise. So if you want to unlock at least a little bit of uh, AI cooperative stuff, you can do it. They they redeveloped the mechanical marquise for Clockwork, and it, it technically works a lot better in that expansion. But you but we fell in love with the mechanical marquise in yeah. River Folk. So I, I think it is competent enough to get to engage you. Um, but within that, you can also get a second Vagabond, you can get the Lizards, and you can get the Otters. The Lizards and Otters specifically are more token-y kind of factions and meta-breaking factions. So the one thing we noticed with Riverfolk is getting those two factions doesn't necessarily make the process of picking what factions you want in the game much easier. Because you kind of always end up in a situation where it's like, well, we need the Marquise de Cat and we need Eerie. And then we get to pick two or three more factions, depending on how many players we have. And I think the meta that you get from Lizards and Otters are big, important lessons to learn. And that is going to further your development of how you interact with all the other players at the table and what you let them get away with and what you don't let them get away with. Mm -hmm. And it's going to teach you a lot more about that part of the game, which is super, super engaging. It's more of that crunchy cage match stuff. But if you want to instead unlock the part of the game that's just like i just want the variety i want to rediscover new combinations all the time that aren't reliant on really specific relations the underworld expansion gets you the underground duchy and the corvid conspiracy and the duchy is essentially the key to the puzzle of oh we have another area control faction that this game kind of yes. desperately needed to allow for lots of variety now you can do eerie duchy and two token factions or you can do cats and eerie and two token factions or, or you know you basically get three area control factions that you really only ever need two of and then you get to insert other stuff on top of that and that is a very open discoverable part of the competitive game so that's kind of a sliding scale to me is if you want to just keep learning co-op if you want to get to the crunchiest bits river folk and the underground duchy is somewhere in between yeah i feel like the duchy is a little a little bit of everything yeah um it is it is a shame that what, what i love about the river folk river folk expansion recommending it for new players is that it comes with the clockwork thing right. um that's kind of my number one bullet point for that i would say in general otters and lizards are a little higher on the complexity mm -hmm. and it does feel good once you get the the duchy in because yeah. it is another area control and you'll find that oftentimes when you're playing root at the beginning if you don't have that um eerie and cats uh versus each other dynamic of they both want to take control of the forest in a very like kind of more normal um area control type board game way um if you take one of those out, then it kind of can get a little lopsided yeah. um, and maybe a little confusing. 
Uh, and I would say the duchy slides in very neatly mm-hmm. to give you that variety. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say any of them are great. I think if you're really excited about co-op, it's obvious which one you should pick. Right. And if you are just kind of excited about Root in general, you're not going to go wrong getting an expansion in addition to the base game. If you are like really wanting to like, I want to learn Root super deeply maybe it is better to take it one step at a time though and get the base game and just like exhaust that and then get and then add something else and then exhaust that and then add something else and exhaust that it's nice they get you have so many choices with root it's wonderful right Right. approach it however you want and find the ways that it engages you but i i basically i'll just never let anyone get away with saying that they played root like maybe a, a small handful of times and then they just didn't like it obviously that's a valid thing to say and like i'm not gonna force you to play root but I'm always in the I mean, back I of my will. mind. I'll force, you, will force you. I'll in the back of my mind be like, ah, I know there's something in there for you. And I just need to get you to bring it to the table so you can experience that part of it. You just have to open uh, open up your heart <laughs> to the portion of the game that actually wants to talk to you. Um, because sometimes it can be hard to discover that. I, I think Root doesn't make that process obvious to you. Um, and so kind of going into it with a teacher that is like, Hey, listen, there's going to be a lot of things thrown at you and be willing to follow any of those strands where they might, you know, where they might, they might lead you. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe we are already talking about, uh, like I I say already talking about a new board game as if that's like crazy. We basically (laughs) just spent all our time talking about one, but I can feel Mm -hmm. us as a show standing on the edge of going deep into another game yeah and it feels like a big undertaking to talk about games as obsessively and voraciously Mm -hmm. as we do um and i am uh i actually feel really akin to anyone listening to this that feels like oh i'm like kind of getting sucked into this game and and look at all these great options i am there with you i I, this is how i feel about it too of just like i can't believe how much root there already is to play and how much it feels like there uh there is to come i mean i don't have my clockwork expansion yet i want that i can't wait to get that right right. um there are alternate uh card decks you can get to to and also i want to say uh congrats to me and matt uh for (laughs) actually managing to talk about root for an hour and i bet you didn't learn how to play it but (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we did do what we promised, which was talk about root in I hope an you abstract vibed out way. With this real good, yeah. <laughs> that you vibed out in a way that now prepares you to actually learn how to play it. But yeah. we didn't say we were going to teach you how to play yep. it. Okay? And we definitely didn't. <laughs> and we definitely did not prom. Yeah, promise. So, so that wraps up our root discussion. We are actually going to transition over. Now, uh, should we do the thing where the music actually kicks in? We have all this new music now, and I want to like use it to its fullest potential. So there's probably we didn't talk enough at the top about how psyched we are for the music. Right, Thank let's you let the transition to Wandering music. Lake. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, so let, so we're gonna transition out, but after this break, uh, we are gonna do a segment called Errata, which is where we fix the mistakes of our previous episodes or just read listener supported feedback. We basically have two episodes we got to catch up on, so it's gonna be Twilight Imperium from here on out. Uh, but join us after the break for some Twilight Imperium Marauder. All right. Welcome back. Um, 
wasn't that fun, whatever Matt whipped up as far as the music goes. Well, to be clear, uh, I'm only putting which parts of the song I like <laughs> as that transition. Right. The, the, the song itself is, is our dearest friend, uh, The Wandering Lake. Yes, um, and please check out his band camp. Yeah, um, okay, so we're going to talk about, this is, it's funny if you stuck with this and you don't know about Twilight Imperium. Um, I, I'm excited, I hope you did, um, because we're just going to talk about mistakes we made <laughs> in past episodes. That's like something we do, so like, maybe we said something earlier about Root that yeah. we later decide we don't agree with. Well, since board game companies get to like be like, oh, we made a mistake. Here's like our fix. We do that with our podcast yeah. too. <laughs> um, so here's like some not even necessarily mistakes, but maybe just like somebody said a good thing. Yeah. It's also our mailbag, basically. Right. Um, first one is about our experimental tech paths episode. This is from Stads. This is a really good point. Um, just got to the Mentac part. Isn't ambush awful with Destroyer Twos? Since it has to happen before anti-fighter barrage, um, basically you can just like soak those hits, the ambush hits on fighters that were gonna get murdered anyway by destroyer twos. And uh, I like the point. Yeah. I think I think it is I think it is a strong point. I I think the reason I don't care about this um, <laughs> lack of well, I just mean in my own play when yeah, I yeah. when I'm when I'm playing as Mentac. I, I don't think I mind that there is this overlap because oftentimes uh, I, if I'm getting Destroyer 2, it's probably going to be a late game um, tech. And I'm also probably either getting it to uh, fulfill the objective, but also like it's probably a counter to a specific faction. I'm not going right. to get I'm not going to get Destroyer 2's period if there's no fighters for them to kill. Right. Right. Um, so the idea that that late game, the ambush is going to stack in this way that like hurts I think is it could get out of hand. Let's yeah. say if you built too many destroyers, it could be like, okay, now you've oversolved right. for this fighter right. problem. But to me, ambush plus one destroyer two equals a lot of pre-fire where I'm for sure getting any faction that's depending on fighter screens, they're gonna have to figure out some other yeah. way to do it. In basically. no way should destroyer two be your first unit upgrade. Where you're no. like, I'm gonna take care of all of these mid-game fighter swarms. Yeah. Like that's not no, you're you're getting Cruiser it. Cruiser two is still king. Yes. And I hope we establish that yeah. enough in the Mintac part yeah. of just saying, like, no, it's definitely it's all, all about Cruiser Two. Yeah. Uh next up, we actually are going another episode back uh to our extra guide, which we did not get to the errata last week. So here comes some extra errata. I will say the extra episode was talked about ad nauseum. Uh, beforehand so like if this feels like a light amount of errata I apologize but I just feel like so much went into it on the front end that we 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 I'm not saying we nailed it that's not by any means but I, I think we definitely didn't we definitely <laughs> didn't that, that it's it's it's, it's not just, there, there's a lot yeah. there's a lot there and, and so let's let's hit some points that I, I think are super worth bringing up the first one is from John uh, who was a finalist in our recent Twilight Imperium tournament so you should check out uh, all, all of all of the footage from that tournament, but especially I still haven't made games. that playlist. Actually, I need to make you need the, to make the John. I, I've been meaning list. to make a YouTube playlist where you can watch all of John's games that we've recorded. in order because they yeah. just they it's just such a nice like arc. He yeah. has like the coolest uh, Twilight Imperium tournament arc personally. Yeah. Uh, so John says, when it comes to my tech path choices, 
Blastoise is blue-yellow. Last week we talked about Blastoise basically being the blue tech path, but then there's like the blue-green or the blue-yellow. John's making the argument for blue-yellow. But he says, I only play it with a yellow skip. Hunter touched on it in the episode how crazy it would be to defend cruisers getting into other people's slices with nullification field. It is so much better attacking with the flagship and nullification than defending with it. So let me present this to you. How crazy with gravity drive that you can go go from the center of your slice to adjacent to your neighbor's home system with one command counter. And assuming you have the extra strat counter, they can't even get your flagship out of their way. You now have control over their home system, the equidistant, and the system right in front of their slice. I think you should reconsider nullification field as one of the best offensive techs in the game because often it is the counter attack that stops an offensive move. Nullification field negates that counter attack and allows you to play a more aggressive extra. Finally, I do admit it is only doable with the yellow skip, but you can get it round two and rotate on your neighbor as early as round three. So we, we, did not remark very much on nullification field. And even in this situation, uh, I agree that this could lead to a very hyper-aggressive extra that um, costs their neighbors dearly. Um, the question I have is how much do you gain? And also, totally depends on your slice, which could be in favor of this. If, you're, if your slice is bad, go this tech path and take someone else's, right? If, if your slice isn't worth defending, you actually do have a tool in your arsenal to go just steal someone else's slice. But right. the important note here is you have to have the command counter economy to keep up with it. Nullification field will cost a command counter to use and then stop the attack. So your defense, uh, your, your defense that is your offense is only as good as the command counters you have worth investing in it. Um, so that, that is what makes this a very, very costly strategy. And basically my idea is that extra can't afford any big, any more big costs than they already have. I mean, we're talking about needing our flagship, which costs eight resources, on round two, plus the yellow tech skip, plus the money for the tech, plus an extra command counter by round three. That's the part where I'm kind of like, this seems bold to do super early. As a late game yeah. tactic... Maybe I, I see a bit more value in it, but as a round three or round four move, I think you're you're a bit gonna you're gonna stretch yourself too thin. Yeah, I think this is the type of strategy that I have to see how the table reacts to it in order to judge it. Because I don't know that I don't know what happens if extra is this aggressive, especially um this early. I mean he he's talking about getting it round two and starting on round three, well, that's like roughly halfway through the game. And if your flagship isn't defending your slice anymore because it's now kind of invaded somebody else's, what happens to <laughs> what happens to extra as yeah. far as like, are you now having to, maybe, you, maybe you're in a situation where, uh, null fill, null fill um, you have to exhaust it, correct? Yeah, you use it So you can only time. use it once yeah. a round anyways. Um, so I wonder how extra stands up to that much heat and scrutiny, right. uh, or even if that move, how much heat and scrutiny does that move end up with? Yeah. I think, I think it's one, this is one of those things where someone has found a strategy that isn't, I don't feel like this is a bad idea. I feel like this is maybe so bold that it would require testing that 
we we haven't done. Mm-hmm. Um, and but also it would just require me to see it. I would yeah. I would just need to see someone do I this and think it and it work. It's a strategy I could ever employ. Me being Matt Martin's the player who Oh, my sure. aggression is always met with, ooh, what fun it would be to crush him now that he stretched himself too thin. Um, well, I also imagine if this is round three and this flagship is super effective in stopping a player from winning the game, like this sounds pretty drastic for them. I yeah. mean, they can't even they they can't even activate their home system to build right without um, getting fired upon. Yeah, so I wonder like. How are you gonna like? I mean, the flagship is good. Don't get me wrong, but is it so good that if somebody's only goal was to destroy it, yeah. they couldn't destroy it? They you definitely know what I mean? could like, because you don't have you you don't have plasma scoring in this situation yet. You don't have PDS two oh, that's sure. like nearby. Yeah. Like you don't you have, have graviton, anything yet. Though. I mean, uh, you start with graviton, so I mean, sure, it can still. But it's three yeah. shots that have to hit before the combat. Right. And what is what's backed up this flagship in round three? Like, how many fighters could it really have with it at this point? Yeah. Um, so I, well, I just, and I, I don't guess, see it as the early game the... play that John is calling it. I, I could sure, see sure, it sure. in round five, but round, I'll say, I'll, round three, I'll, I'll say it. this about it. And then, then I think, I think we can move on. It really has a lot to do with extras, other yeah, neighbor, absolutely. right? Because he already has the answer for the, the idea is that the flagship doesn't have to fight yeah. at all. Right. I mean, we're talking about it as if it would, the assumption we're making is that in this situation, that other neighbor is going to have to do something or even might easily get to do something just because it's like, well, your slice isn't defended or uh, I'll get a support for the throne if I just find a way to make you use your use your nullification field. Like nullification field doesn't feel ironclad to me. Yeah. But maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. Like it, th- this is, I think nullification field in general has kind of fallen out of favor um, in that I just don't see it much. And generally when I do see it, I don't see it get used that often either. Um, so yeah, I, I, w- I want to see some testing though. Yeah. People do this. People try this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Next up we've got uh, Patience as a Virtue. who says, one factor not much considered during the uh, episode is how fundamentally map layout impacts the way one plays extra. It is all about those equidistance. Part of what made extra such a good faction to choose in the semifinals of this year's tournament was the importance of the equidistant systems on that map. Like almost half of the non-home system resources and influence were in equidistance. Uh, and that's why they had turtles as a top ban when they were picking early. Um, I agree with this. It's actually something I kind of wanted to include in the guide and then forgot a little bit, but also like we we had so many other things to cover that this kind of fell by the wayside. So I'm really glad this is getting brought up in errata. Um, but it's to say we talked about the idea in extra guide that you have to pick a tech path very early before you know if the objectives are going to reward you. Sometimes mm-hmm. they do and sometimes they don't. Another important factor in picking that tech path is your layout of your slice, not just the tech objective or the tech skips that are available to you, but specifically where the planets in your slice are and how that dictates what kind of strategy you should employ. If a biz Freya is directly in front of your home system and like you have two equidistant planets, I mean, two equidistant systems, you should play hyper defensive because you can get the flagship there pretty easily and defend both of those equidistants with just the flagship and a bunch of PDS twos. That is going to work really great in that game. If you're, if your slice has like nothing directly in front of you and like 
strength elsewhere, that's when you probably need that mobility and you need the Blastoise extra to go take from someone else. So you have multiple factors leading to that early decision of which path am I choosing? Am I going hyper-defensive or overly aggressive extra? And um, that's what makes it even more difficult is if you have the tech skip but not the slice structure or the, you know, the, the, the pie slice structure, it, it just may not pan out for you. That is the difficulty of playing as extra is, is making those calls like in the first round. All of those calls have to be made. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's they're they're pretty positionally complex or positionally challenged, yeah. I would say. And that if you don't have those kind of natural advantages, mm-hmm. then I feel like the game just looks uh different. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't know. I'm not the extra expert. Um, <laughs> Neither am I. Would, Boy, would be, <laughs> oh, oh, well, I mean, you're the best you're the best we've got. Because uh, I definitely, <laughs> I'll tell you this, after doing that episode, it's not like I'm going to be like, well, I want to do my yeah. version of this. No, 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 no. I'm good. Yeah. I'm yeah, good. I think we are both sold on how much extra we, the, the collectively we have played. I'm also um, willing to accept that the community probably has a better handle on it. Yeah. yeah that's I just going to so. happen sometimes, right. you know? So uh, that's, that is all of our errata. I hope uh, that you root people weren't too bounced off that, but uh, we, we've, we've got some updates for you all in the coming weeks. Hunter, the Patreon has got some fun votes. What, what's going on in Patreon town? Yeah, okay, so um, right now we have a Galactic Council episode vote. Um, Galactic Council episodes are uh, episodes that our Patreon votes on as far as topics. Um, we, you still have another week uh, to vote. Um, here are your options. Um, you can vote for as many of these as you'd like. I'm going to take the top two and then there will be a second round of voting. Um, first option is root. Uh, we talk about co-op modes solely. Uh, we <laughs> talked about it a lot today. We'll play even more of it and talk about even more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can tell was, uh, we weren't lying when we said we liked it. We love it. <laughs> um, proof is in the pudding. Uh, TI4, a uh, 14-point invitational overview. Um, this is where there's currently a 14-point invitational tournament. Uh, in happening um, basically and it's happening this weekend and you should check it out I'm playing in game six the final game which is on Sunday I think it starts at 10 a.m. Pacific is that right I think that's right I don't know my um, game starts at 3 a.m. <laughs> Central so I'm in I'm in my yeah. own world and yeah yours yours is on Saturday um, uh, yeah yours is game four um, if you are on our discord or on the TTS discord um find patience is a virtue uh he has posted the schedule if you're interested in watching on twitch it's going to be broadcast on a lot of different uh twitch channels and featuring different uh commentators i think i'll be commentating game four a little bit which are you which one I'm is game yours two. You, i'm game, game two. two yeah right 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 um okay so that that one is pretty interesting also by the way that one is like kind of winning so i would expect that one's kind of the favorite um the uh, another option uh, is uh, a TI4 discussion about homebrew brew ideas. Um, the format of this would be everyone pitches their different ideas for homebrew stuff, and we kind of do an overview of it. Um, it actually might be becoming a weird bear segment as well. I should probably tell you that. Just full disclosure. It sounds like that's maybe what people are trying to to do with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, we have a TI3 review where we just talk about uh, how does TI3 feel now to play after like so much TI4. Um, it will be interesting to revisit. Um, and then uh, another old uh, one that has struggled in the past, um, TI3 Shattered Ascension, which is the big uh, fan expansion for TI3. We play that. We talk about it. 
Um, okay, sorry. That was a lot of information. Um, and I have even more for you. Uh, second uh, voting, this is for the Hunter Donaldson Fan Club. The Hunter Donaldson Fan Club, basically, they're, um, every month for a Friday night, I will play something on Twitch, um, and the Hunter Donaldson Fan Club gets to choose what that is. I'm Hunter Donaldson. This is my fan club. Um, here are the current choices. Um, I think... So this one is actually probably done now, but the race is so tight that I can't just assume what the second round of voting is going to be. So if you haven't voted and you listened to the episode right when it came out, you should go ahead and vote because it's really tight. Um, first one, uh, first option is Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. This one's not going to win. Don't worry about it. Also, <laughs> I have to play it anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, also, I couldn't even figure out how to stream it. I tried to test it the other day. I don't even think I could stream it on my computer. I don't think my computer liked <laughs> trying to screen- stream it, so it doesn't matter. Just ignore that one, all right? <laughs> ignore that game. Ignore Elder Scrolls. Um, r- this one's also not winning, which is sad because it's a rude episode, but um, I've had this idea, and I'm going to keep pushing this. I'm eventually probably just going to do this of my own volition. Um, I'm going to play Root by myself against Hard Robots. Did we um, mention we like the robots? <laughs> yeah, we like the robots. Um, I'm calling it Root Solo Mode. Um, right now, this doesn't quite enough, have enough uh, votes to get it, but the next three options are basically neck and neck. To where I can't assume which one is going to win. Um, T- so the first one is a TI4 pick a planet mode. Um, this is a special way of playing TI4 where you take the planets off of the hexes and you put them on different hexes. So basically you build like your own custom hexes when you play. It's really weird. Um, the other option uh, is TI4 Franken-Friday uh, where I play uh, Franken-Draft. You don't know, know what Franken-Draft is. I don't have time to tell you. It's similar to Pick a Planet, but you're chopping up every faction element and making your own Frankenstein monster factions to play with. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, we have a video, pretty old one, I think from October um, on our YouTube where we play Franken-Draft for the first time, and you can watch that if you want on our sweet little YouTube Space Gatsby's Turtles <laughs> YouTube uh, dot com. That's not the URL. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, the last one is a fun idea I've had uh, for a while that I really, I kind of want this to win. Um, it's called Twitch Plays TI4. Uh, so I'll just play Twilight Imperium and I'm not going to make any decisions, which means the chat has figured out. And uh, the I, I'm literally going to try and be as passive as possible. And I'm just going to be your vessel, your puppet. And the Twitch chat is going to decide stuff. Probably going to have to use a lot of polling and stuff like that. But sometimes I might have to just go with something the last person said. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be really sloppy and weird. Um, and my goal is to uh, just watch you guys all put your money where your mouth is. Because we get a lot of we get a lot of backseat stuff that well, I totally I look, welcome. I look forward to this. Is There's backseat driving. But there's also going to be the people that are just like, send your flagship into the supernova. Go kill it. Like, just finish yeah. everything. Like, th- there will be useless yeah. advice in there, too, as any Twitch plays has with it. Is the like, oh, we didn't even do a thing that was good. We didn't even try to do a thing that was good. Yes, um, very much so. Uh, Here's my Twitch schedule, speaking of which, um, for this week. Uh, I will be streaming on Thursday at noon uh, Pacific time. Uh, I'll be playing Root. Um, I'll probably be playing... I've been playing a lot with uh, Farganus, um, who is one of our weird bears, which is one of our uh, Patreon. It's weird thinking that some of you are listening to this show for the first time. Um, Friday at 4 o'clock Pacific time, I'm going to play XCOM. Uh, with uh, my, and Matt has been asking yes. me to do this for a while. Um, so I'm on another <laughs> podcast called Read It and Weep. Um, 
which is a podcast that used to be about books. Now it's about movies. And also, for some reason, we play video games on Friday. I mean, I'm sure you can put together why with uh, the current state of the world. Um, But basically, they're going to watch me play. I think I'm going to play XCOM Enemy Unknown. I'm going to keep it pretty basic. I might install, if you're familiar with XCOM, there is a very popular mod called the Long War mod. I might install that because it makes things a little more hardcore. Um, essentially, uh, and my co also, by the way, the other, the other people on the show don't know anything about XCOM or strategy games at all. So it'll be fun to kind of experience that with them. We're all comedians, so it will be funny. It will be weird. It will be XCOM. Um, and then as far as this weekend goes, Saturday and Sunday, the 14 point tournament is the priority there. I am not looking to compete with that. I will be playing myself. Mm -hmm. Matt will be playing. Uh, you're welcome to watch our games, watch the other games, watch as many of the games as you'd like. Um, I, I don't have the schedule right in front of me, but like I said, posted all over discord. Yeah. It is all over discord everywhere. Um, get on our discord, join the twilight Imperium TTS discord, reach out to patience as a virtue. I'm sure he's down to send you the thing. Like he, he, uh, him and Defterus have done such a wonderful job and I'm so excited about this weekend. Um, so yeah, I am taking a personal weekend off um from our personal (laughs) twitch but there's still lots of twilight imperium content uh this weekend yeah i want to thank our uh highest tiers our space kitties and our weird bears these are some of our amazing um, contributors to our patreon that just deserve that little bit of extra love and i want to thank our weird bears farganus brian and pink and i want to thank space kitties naderade patience is a virtue polyphony requiem julian rys hippie peace turtles Rekka, gaskio strychnine dark jutsu and more tension. Oh, also, YouTube. Here's my YouTube thing for the week. Um, I played a very pleasant, super pleasant, 14-point game. Uh, not the like weekend before last, I guess is how you would put it. Um, it's me, it's Root, it's Magi, uh, it's Mantis, John, and Callowin all playing um, a kind of mock setup for the 14-point Invitational. And I'm probably just going to throw that up uh, on the YouTube in the next couple days. Uh, so be looking out for that. It's a very fun, very cool game. It actually has some, like, sparks kind of fly in it. But overall, for a 14-point game, it's fast and it is efficient. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the that's the best way to play TI in terms oh, of comfort yeah. level. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our show. If you enjoyed this, if you enjoyed the root content, if you like Twilight Imperium, if you like any of this stuff, we please encourage you to rate us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or wherever you're listening to this show because the ratings improve visibility and that increases how many people listen and how many people get invested in these games and how many people play these games. So if you just want more people to play root with, a five-star rating on our show might, just might, help you with that goal it might help and also you could put in your review that they said that i wasn't going to learn how to play root from right. the episode and then i definitely right. did not See, which i love we, that we five, five stars, stars exactly as advertised i did not learn how to play root today <laughs> <laughs> please make that your i five listened star to review. two adults and i air quoted there mm-hmm. talk about root without teaching me how to play it even though it's for beginners. 
welcome to the crazy world of this show. I hope you stick with us. You can follow us at Space Cats Pod on Twitter, uh, Space Cats Peace Turtles on Facebook. And like Hunter said earlier, please join our Discord uh, and be a part of all the fun conversations and all the games. We'll obviously be order uh, organizing a lot more root games coming up. Hunter's already been doing that pretty much weekly, but I, I suspect we'll have... Uh, many more in the future as we now transition into preparing for uh, what will be the next series of episodes, which is basically us learning all of the factions in Root. Uh, we did this with Dune, but it's they won't specifically be strategy guides, but they'll basically be like overviews and like here's how you can get your feet wet and here's kind of early pointers. Uh, again, all that stuff we talked about early on in this episode about just learning the process, we're going to do that on a faction by faction level of just like how yes. to get into it. So um, if you want to keep updated with that, be a part of our Discord, follow us on all the places and uh, keep keep checking us out. So thank well, you. I want to tease them a little bit. Which one yeah. do you think we're going to cover first? I mean, Cats is the like kind of the obvious. It'd be Cats or Eerie. We both, Hunter and I both basically started with Cats and Eerie with the intent of that being the first one we, we cover. Yeah. Um, and Cats seems like the, the logical place to start. The The whole base game is basically centered around the cats the the theme of the game itself is centered around the position that the cats start in so right. i think they are the logical first choice of how to kind of get get an understanding of this game going yeah yeah well i mean obviously if you're interested in that um please please tune in at least for that episode um you can find that here same cat time same cat channel Dang it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles. Thank you to all our patrons, and thank you to Brian Capillus for the use of his music. You can find more at wanderinglake.bandcamp.com. stole it from you i literally i was just like i want it this time i like it so much that i just took it for myself i was like that's fine is that gonna become right our sign off now like other podcasts have a sign off and now that's how we just end Ooh, shows yeah like mcelroy style yeah, like every time, time we say that maybe so we should do that that's good <laughs>